0: Alright, welcome back to the Ghost Goal Podcast. As always, I'm Andrew, in here with Alex. We got Javier Boots on the ground in Peru. We are through... In Peru? Yeah, in Peru. Yeah, he's, he's definitely on the ground in Peru. <laughs> he's totally not in Russia. Definitely on the ground in Peru. Uh, what's better? Yeah, definitely in Russia. Don't even, don't even pretend that I was going to ask that question. Uh, we are through two match days of the group stages of the 2018 FIFA World Cup, which means we are into a glorious time. Where there's a ton of matches that are must wins, uh, we do have some teams that unfortunately are eliminated. But we only have six teams so far in this World Cup that are guaranteed to be going on into the next round. Uh, and those six teams right now are Russia and Uruguay, both in Group A. France, Croatia, England, and Belgium, who are also in the same group. Uh, Russia and Uruguay and England, Belgium will be taking will be uh, facing off. Going head-to-head this week to figure out who will be the top seed out of those groups. Uh, But, Alex, it's been a great time watching soccer. How have uh, have you been enjoying watching your World Cup action?
1: They started flipping on the TV like more consistently at work like right next to my desk. Like I have like an in with the IT guys now and I cannot recommend it more <laughs> cuz these That's so these close. guys just hook it up. Anytime I'm like, "Hey guys, uh yeah, there's a uh, pretty good match later today. Uh, yeah, uh Nigeria and Iceland." And they're like, "Is that a good match?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, sure it is." I like, just convince them of anything and they're they're, they're in.
0: Uh, I really enjoyed Nigeria Iceland. Ahmed Musa's goal for me is up there in like my top 5 for the tournament so far. This, that Bali. There's oh.
1: too many to pick we're gonna have to sort through those yeah. after the tournament and figure yeah, that's,
0: out that's that's an end of the tournament discussion that's, but a, tup- that that's up a tough there ask like
1: already and we're two games in yeah. for each team so i yeah. can only imagine what's gonna Cruz be like goal from on.
0: this weekend oh, yeah uh so what we're gonna start today's show with is uh, which team are you sipping the Kool Aid on? It could be a team, it could be a player, and you can get it, You can interact with us on Twitter about this. Send us your your picks at Andrew Pissarro, at asmoss ninety two at Ghost Gold Pod. We'll retweet them from the podcast account. But uh, Alex, I'm gonna give you the floor. Who are you a little bit a little bit more surprised about that? You know, maybe maybe you're believing that something can happen with this team. Give me give me give me your insight. Give me your wisdom
1: believe is a strong word but I have been impressed with and pleasantly surprised with Australia where uh, we're going into the final game of Group C and it's Australia not Peru that are the ones that uh, have something to play for and they they did it through obviously a decent performance against France in, in defeat uh, and then getting a point with Denmark I've just been really impressed with their balance they're pretty good defensively to be able to hold those team those two very good teams off for a full 90 minutes. And have the balance to when they do sort of fall behind in games, start coming forward. And yes, both their goals have been penalties, but they've shown a lot of resilience that I've been pleasantly surprised with.
0: All right, mine's uh, a team that I did pick out to get out of their group, but I have really just, I didn't have a ton of experience watching them before the tournament, and that would be Senegal. Uh, This is such a uh, FIFA hipster team I've called them that To so many people Because you go through This lineup We've talked about this This is a great team But you just kind of Seem to forget That some of the pieces Are there I had a ton of fun Watching them In their first match I really enjoyed Their match today Against Japan Even though they came up A little bit short With a Honestly, honestly it was probably One of my best uh, The best games I've enjoyed Watching in the tournament So far Because it was just Even open Attacking football And uh, Obviously, one of my favorite Liverpool players is on Senegal, but overall, like watching this team has been a lot of fun. I really want to see them potentially move on to the round of 16, uh, but let's go into teams that we're worried about, and I've got a big-name team that I am a little worried about, and that would be Uruguay. This Uruguay team, I have grown pretty far in the tournament, and we know that they're experienced, but they've only... They haven't been... while well, they've won their games, and they've you know dominated the style of play at times, they... You know they should have been able to take down Saudi Arabia and Egypt by bigger scorelines, and that has me a little bit worried. Just completing chances has me worried. I know that this this Uruguay team is very gritty, and you know that they're good defensively with that back line. But I was just expecting a little bit more out of Suarez and Cavani, and I'm starting to kind of doubt myself. Are you know I love those two strikers. Watching them for the past decade in world football has been great, but. Maybe they're a little bit past it. And with some of these younger guys coming up, if they run into a young team in the round of 16, I don't know if that they're a guarantee to move on right now. That's that's who I'm worried about. Alex?
1: I'm worried about Serbia. I was just singing their praises last week, and they've thrown it all away by uh, gifting Jordan Shakiri that uh, 90th-minute winner against Switzerland that now all of a sudden has them facing what's essentially a playoff with Brazil in their final group game to, to get into the next round. Obviously, Switzerland will be playing uh Costa Rica at the same time as then Switzerland have uh four points probably will win against Costa Rica to make it seven. Uh Brazil have four points and if they beat Serbia they're, they're, they're going to be looking to try and top the group not just get out of it obviously. So it's a, it's a it's a worrying uh place to be backed into if you're Serbia and someone who's backed them but if they do get out of the group even in second uh, who knows? They, they they would face the winner of the group containing Germany, Mexico, and Sweden. So uh, they could get a favorable draw, a.k.a. not Germany, if they do get out of this group. But just getting any kind of result against Brazil is just always going to be a tough ask.
0: Yeah, uh, and that's the thing. A draw doesn't guarantee them anything. They would need Costa Rica, who's already eliminated, to uh, to really... Get them going. So, last last little topic before we go in here from uh, from Javier, a player and a team that has impressed you the most, uh, and or if you want, if you've got one, I've got one. Um, but I'll start and I'll go with Mexico uh, to get that that victory over South Korea the other day. Uh, they they double up on this Germany win. the win over Germany. They're on top of their group. They've looked really solid defensively. They've gotten the best out of Carlos Vela and Chicharito and Chucky Lozano. Uh, I did have them coming out of this group, but the way that they've played overall has really impressed me. And I I think that we're talking about a Mexico team that probably makes it out of the round of 16, which is not where I had them the last time. And they're going to screw up my entire bracket by winning... The uh, by winning the group, which they can do if they beat Sweden this weekend or this coming up this week. So that Mexico for me has been my most impressive. Alex,
1: I got to go Croatia, even though I did pick them to win that group. I've been pretty pleased overall with just the, the control they've shown in these two games where they basically made Argentina look like passengers in over the the full 90 minutes. Now we'll get onto them a little bit later about how, how poor they were, but as poor as Argentina were, Croatia offered uh, a very solid game plan to sort of, to make them look as uh, poor as they did. Also, Everyone's like talked about Croatia's midfield being one of the best uh, in this tournament and is having some good attacking options, everything like that. But I've been really surprised with the balance uh, to counteract that defensively with uh, Lovren and Vida as the two center backs for Salco from Atletico Madrid at right back. Just they're doing a good job to make a on paper, not great looking defense. Uh, they're doing a good job throughout the rest of the phases of the pitch to prop them up a little bit and give them more of a platform to succeed. And that's two clean sheets now that they've they've registered in this tournament. I'm not saying that they can win it. I, I still don't believe that, and I'm not ready to believe that until they face an actual team that's able to give them a uh, a, a real challenge. But so far through two games, you've got to be impressed with what they've been able to do.
0: That 3-0 victory by Croatia over Argentina is the most surprising result that we've gotten so far in this tournament it was wonderful that it was a great game i had i had a a really good time watching that game and uh we both taught we both i called the i called it on twitter the the day before because the argentinian x11 leaked and i tweeted it was like this team doesn't like this team won't beat croatia Uh, or no croatia won't lose to this team and they thumped them it was great that was such a good game uh unfortunate results uh Peru is officially out of the World Cup uh, after another loss, uh, this time to France, 1-0, with Kylian Mbappe getting his first World Cup goal. Uh, We're going to go out to our man in the streets of Russia. Javier is going to give us his little perspective on Peru and also what it was like uh, so far just being in Russia and some of the places he's gone.
2: Hey guys, this is Javier coming at you with another Ghost Goal update. Um, obviously, I'm disappointed with the result of Peru crashing out of the tournament after their 1-0 loss to France. We, I would say Peru played a pretty good game in that game. Um, you know, again, we were... We were basically the locals in the stadium. We had a good, you know, 75, 80% of the stadium was full of Peruvians and we sung our heart out. I, you know, I lost my voice in that game, you know, singing, trying to bring those Peruvian players over the line. And in the end, you know, we, we, uh, we went out with our heads held high. Um, you know, this was the first World Cup that Peru had been in 36 years and, the team wasn 't very experienced, and you know that definitely showed on the pitch in both of those games where you know in the Denmark game, they obviously had a lot more chances that they missed, and um you know uh, that cueva penalty just just totally took the momentum out of the team and I think if you'd seen Cueva score that penalty um, against denmark we we very likely would have gone on to win that game. And you'd be seeing a different narrative uh with Peru right now, um you know one that was you know maybe we maybe we was still lost to France or we we could have even drawn that game um but you know now the narrative is this Peru team was really fun to watch, and um you know they're good technically and on the ball, but they just don't have that final product. And you know that's that's kind of sad because we we scored a lot of goals in qualifying, and you know we 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 do have final product. It's just it just seems like the players were too nervous and didn't have the experience on this big occasion to you know get them over the line. But, you know, it really just came down to that penalty. And, um, uh, of course, it's really disappointing for us. But, you know, we've marched on. uh, Like I said, I'm here in Sochi. And uh, it's full of Peruvians still here. And we still followed our team for the third game. So, you know, I'm going to enjoy that game on Tuesday. And, um, you know, uh, other than uh, Sochi, I've actually gone to um, three other cities. I was in Moscow when I first got here. And then um, for that first game, uh, I went to a city called Saransk, which is like a small city of about 250,000. Um, it's near Moscow. And uh, there wasn't too much to do in that city. Um it was the first time that ever had anywhere close to this many people in their city um you know for a city of 250,000 to have 50 50 to 60,000 peruvians in the city was absolutely insane and, um, you know, they were very welcoming, but almost nobody spoke English. So, you know, we were using Google Translate the whole time, um, which is sometimes reliable and sometimes isn't. But, hey, you know, it got us over the line. Um, you know, I learned a few Russian phrases uh, like, you know, hello and um, thank you and goodbye. And I've just, you know, been using those on almost every Russian that I meet. Um, but... After that, we uh, went back to Moscow and uh, saw the Red Square, and you know traveled around a little bit. Um, and then we went, made our way to Yekaterinburg, which is a city of about a million and a half people. It's actually a pretty big city. It's actually um, in the Urals, and it's um, it was it was a pretty beautiful city. There's a lot of history behind it. And um, I visited uh, some some big churches there, and I went to something called the Yeltsin Center, which was um, you know an awesome museum there that they have uh, dedicated to Boris Yeltsin, and. Uh, i've eaten some really really good food uh russians have um uh the russian cuisine is is okay uh they've got some like dumplings and soups that are pretty unique to them um and are really good but you know they they do the italian and the french food pretty well uh and you know most food that you can find in europe you can find in russia here um and the people the people have been really 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 welcoming They've been, uh, you know, actually really happy to have people come to their country and, you know, obviously spend money and and have a good time. But also, you know, they just a lot of Russian people just want want the rest of the world to know that. Uh, you know, this is, this is, a, this is a, a fun place to be. This is a good place to go visit. And it's not just all, you know, what the media portrays it to be as, you know, angry, alcoholic Russian people. Um, you know, actually the, most of the people who have seen drunk out here are, you know, fans who, who haven't been able to hold liquor in these games. So, um, you know, yeah. So, you know, shout out to the Russian people for, for being great hosts and, and for, for it being, um, you know, a, a successful World Cup so far. And now, uh, in Soshi, um, you know, there's a beautiful beach here, and you know this this game against Australia. Hopefully, we can come out with um you know with with three points and a win and send the to send the fans uh, back home happy.
0: So yeah, real bummer that Peru's out and Javier will be coming home sooner rather than later. Uh, which no, is, that's you know, that's not true.
1: Yeah, I, did, I have insider knowledge saying that he's uh he's spending the next two weeks after the tournaments or after Peru are officially done with the tournament. He's spending the next two weeks in Italy. So he's uh He was never planning he's on. not coming. He home. was not planning on coming home any sooner. He was just planning on uh, taking a detour to uh, Italy if Peru didn't get out, which obviously has come to fruition.
0: I mean, there are worse places to go for the summer. Like, yeah, I would casually love to go to Italy right now. Like, one of my buddies is there too. It's not it's blatantly not fair. Uh, also, like watching. I feel like watching the World Cup even here though is awesome. But I'm like these two o'clock end times like are really bumming me out. Like two o'clock comes like you finish that game of four and it's like, okay, great. When's the next game? And it's like, nope, you're done for the day. Like this is kind of like watching it in more of a European time zone. I feel like would be a little bit more fun because you have, yeah, it's great to wake up and watch the games, but it's like, I also want to like wake up and like get my day started a little bit and then start watching some soccer and going out to watch the game at night. I feel like would be a little bit of a better experience, but lo and behold, Italy beckons. Let's talk about some of the bigger results of the week. Uh We'll start with, uh, Let's start with Germany Sweden, which was from Saturday afternoon. Germany get a two one come from behind win. Uh, Sweden opening the scoring early in the second half from Toivonen, a nice little chip. Then Marco Royce gets them back into uh, gets them tied up, and Tony Cruz, who made the mistake on the early goal, puts in an absolute curler of a free kick honestly if you haven't seen this free kick yet you clearly haven't been on social media in the past like two days because it's been everywhere um but how did you feel about the uh, world champions getting their first points and goal of the tournament
1: it's just such a it was so germany you know <laughs> like uh I mean, normally i would use that to describe a, a ruthless performance full of very direct uh football that no, more often than not, leads to some sort of success, but like it just kind of felt it, it felt out of reach for them for a few minutes there after the Boateng uh, red card or second yellow or whatever it was uh, in the eighty second minute, and then after Sweden had a couple of uh, good spells of possession and it looked like Germany like were on edge about to lose this game and get knocked out of the World Cup. Germany started to calm down a little bit more. Despite having 10 men, they started to rest, like, control of possession back. And as soon as you saw Jimmy Dermes from Sweden make that foul uh, on, I think it was Timo Werner, on just outside of the box on the left-hand side, you just thought to yourself, oh, not against Germany. Like, just not against Germany. Don't do this. And despite it being, like, an indirect free kick... You just you just knew they were going to get some sort of very good opportunity from that free kick, and obviously it ends up flying into the top right corner and producing one of the moments of this World Cup so far. It's we I think people who had picked Germany to sort of disappoint in this World Cup, it's obviously still uh, very much possible uh, from these first two results, but. You want to see them be tail off and be knocked out sooner rather than later, because the longer you give them any sort of lifeline and any sort of chance, there there's a good chance they're going to get their act together and uh, and start to find a way to consistently play together a bit better, which we haven't seen so far from them.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. And also they made some uh, pretty big lineup changes going into this game, benching Mesut Ozil and Sammy Kadira for this one. Uh, Ozil was, I mean, I didn't get to watch, I'm trying to remember that first Germany game, and there were moments where he was effective and there were moments that he wasn't. I just, it's wild to see this this, uh, calling for him to get benched, follow him to his German national team duty, which is something we haven't seen before. Uh, but I mean, they they have so many pieces. They do have a hole now, though, at center back because Mats Hummels was injured for this game, and now they're going to be without Jerome Boateng, and that is their starting two center backs. I mean, they do have Anthony Rudiger, Antonio Rudiger. They they have. Let I me mean, look who. who I am guessing Nicholas have.
1: Sewell from uh, Bayern, formerly of Hoffenheim. Yeah, that's someone who. Yeah, they do have, yeah. even though he's not very experienced. He's certainly a very very talented young center back
0: well-equipped for that well yeah like an incredibly talented center back I like Julian Draxler in this team better than Ozil so that didn't really affect me uh they still they still they're still bringing on Julian Brant off the bench which it just shocks me that Julian Brant made this national team at Leroy Sané didn't and like they want to claim that that they play better without Leroy Sané but yet they're throwing on Julian Brant hey I mean don't don't sense. don't
1: knock Julian Brant he's been Pretty good. Oh, he's very in like the twenty total minutes he's played this tournament. I've been pretty impressed with what he's been able to do in short spells. I was impressed with his
0: with his appearance at the end of the game yesterday. That's not my point. I'm just saying that like Leroy Sane is a similar style player who's better. It just makes no sense. um Germany gets uh, – how do you, do you think they get uh, – Or well, you know what? Before I ask the question, we're going to save it for later. we got something special coming up. Let's jump to the England match from today. England putting six past Panama who get just absolutely lambasted for the second game in a row in this tournament. Not a good showing for Panama. A lot of people on soccer Twitter here in the States whining about <laughs> the U.S. not being there and Panama being there. And it's like, well, the reality is Panama did better in qualifiers than you guys did. So as Alexi Lawless best tweeted today – Hey, US Men's National Team, you don't like this? Well, then remember this feeling and go play better next time. John Stones with a brace. I think I saw somewhere on Twitter that he now has more World Cup goals than Wayne Rooney. Which, if true, is fucking amazing.
1: Uh, it and, is. Rooney Re- Re- only scored that one in the last World Cup. Uh,
0: Harry Kane notching a hat trick, uh, two penalties in that. Honestly. Uh, a little disappointed in the Panamanian uh, goalkeeper because Harry Kane put that, that second one in the exact same spot. I don't think either of those were savable, but.
1: Yeah, neither of them was savable. Was, that, that was kind of the point where he was just like, I'm going to put it in the exact same place as last time and I'm going to put a whole lot of pace on it and you won't be able to stop it.
0: Jesse Lingard gots, gets on the uh, score sheet as well. Um, what a win for England. And, I, you know, I was having a conversation with somebody at the office this week who's English and I came to the realization that England fans saying it's coming home is esen- yeah. it's essentially the same thing as me saying Caps year. And, well, when you think yeah. about it, we saw the Philadelphia Eagles win a Super Bowl this year. We saw the Washington don't, don't Capitals do win do the Stanley this. Cup finals. Like, hey, it wouldn't even happening. be weird. It wouldn't be weird, Alex. I'm not saying it's happening. I don't think it's happening. But, uh, like, the 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 Eagles and the Capitals getting titles this year is more outlandish than England taking home the stand than taking home the World Cup. The Stanley Cup. The Stanley Cup. That would be outlandish. That, that would absolutely be out- <laughs> outlandish. Uh, but I don't think it can happen. I was impressed with them today. Another young team. Your boy Ruben Loftus Cheeks getting a lot of time out there. It is only. You Panama. look good. It was only Panama,
1: but. Yeah, that's probably the, the, the go-to piece of analysis here for both Belgium and England is that it's it's only been Tunisia and, and Panama that they've played against. Yes, they have both looked adept against both of them, but we'll see two pretty faulted teams in Belgium and England play each other later this week. And we'll figure out a little bit more from that match, depending on how they both approach it, having already qualified, like how good these two teams are, because... I, I would worry for either of them facing any one of the three group, uh, the three teams coming out of Group H: Senegal, Colombia, and Japan. That are in, it, are up for those two qualification places. I, I would worry about them for uh, against either any of those teams.
0: Yeah, I I haven't had that moment with England where it's like like they need to upset. I and I saw this today earlier that if they win against Belgium they might have to go up against either Germany or Mexico in the round of 16. It's like that. No, no, not the, it, it wouldn't be the round. of sixteen. It uh, wouldn't be the, until the, the quarter quarterfinals. Finals. Right. And so it's like, if it's like whoever <laughs> wins this game, wins the, the England Belgium game m- potentially has like the harder bracket to have like the whole thing. So that there's some people saying like that, Honestly, the better thing is to lose this game. Um, they are evil, equal nah. on like goal scored. I, th- I think for either one of these teams, though, either England or Belgium, I think a win over another side like this is that moment. It could be that confidence moment for the rest of the tournament. That says, hey, like we beat like another good team, and especially if you like give the like if Belgium gives England the beatdown, like a three nothing or something like that. Uh, excuse the uh, ambulances outside of my apartment. That is... You know Come, It comes with the territory of it, moving. Classic New York. Classic bed style, you know? <laughs> uh, but... I think that if Belgium wins this game and wins it comfortably, I, th- I think for Belgium it's really important. I think for England... yeah, I still think Belgium's a better team, so I think England losing a game against Belgium, they sh- still should be able to, like shake it off and say all right it was a bad day let's go back out there and and play like we did in the first two games but this this is a huge game between those two and i I think that might be my favorite game like the game i'm looking forward to the most coming up in i guess quote unquote match day three of the world cup so far or what i will say
1: what i will say about uh teams looking ahead to the knockout rounds and trying to figure out, oh, okay, where do we want to fall to, to have the most favorable draw and hopefully make a bit of the run to the quarterfinal and semifinal is that you can only really hope for like a favorable draw really in the round of 16. That's I think that's the only one you can realistically look at and think, okay, I would rather play against Japan than I would Colombia. Uh, past that, you don't know what's going to happen in obviously the other round of 16 games. You just have to think from the quarterfinals onward, we're playing someone difficult. Like, yeah. only good teams get to the quarterfinals. You, just, you, you have to be expecting to face a Germany or a, or a Brazil at that point. So, yeah, plan for the, quarter, the round of 16, maybe. Don't plan for, like, what team do you want to draw in the semifinal or quarterfinal.
0: All right. Let's circle back. We talked about this this match being the, one of the most surprising of the tournament so far, and that was Croatia's three nil victory over Argentina. Rebic opening the scoring off a goalkeeper mistake in the fifty third minute. Luka Modric with an absolute curler into the bottom right corner uh, in the eightieth minute, and Ivan Rakitic wrapping it up, I believe, from a set piece in stoppage time.
1: That no, that was the it was the. Uh- the one where they walked it into the back of the net, oh, where all, right. the whole, Argen- yeah. no, the whole right. Argentina defense put their hand up and looked at the yeah. the linesman to give an offside. Meanwhile, right. Rakitic right. and Modric just strolled in on goal.
0: Absolutely, and they were the two of them were fan- absolutely fantastic. Uh, another great performance from them. Uh, you said it earlier. The, the The defense from Croatia was good, but let's let's flip this around. Let's talk a little bit about Argentina here. Uh, not not a good performance again. They, The only moment, the, like the 15 minutes where I thought they actually were doing something the most was just after Rebic opening the scoring. You saw Argentina kind of finally play with like a little bit of like energy that they're making chances, but they couldn't keep it up. And after the game, uh, there were, there's, there's a lot of rumors on Twitter about Argentina and the national team right now. Apparently as high as the players have, have basically told Jorge Sampaoli we don't want you to manage next game and they're going to like pick the starting 11 out themselves which this is like Ugh. this is France 2010 mutiny like level of bad and i mean this is i don't think this really could this could end up being Lionel Messi's last World Cup uh, i think i mean he turned 31 today or yeah sunday when when this, we're recording this but Hypothetically, he he could be around to play at thirty five for the next World Cup. He's Argentina. He's Argentina's, if not greatest, second greatest player of all time. The idea of him being on the squad at thirty five is not that unusual, uh. But this is his last one in his prime, and for them to put up performances like this is absolutely in- embarrassing, and to make the lineup choices that they've made make no sense. No Dybala, no Los Celso. Uh, their midfield has been an absolute dumpster fire, and their defense has been. Have you seen that 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 like meme where it's the dumpster fire rolling dumpster on fire going down the river? That's the Argentinian yeah. defense right now. They are. And and how was William Caballero the backup goalkeeper at Chelsea this year?
1: Uh, he. I don't want to be the guy defending Willy Caballero, but like he's a decent backup keeper. But you know, as soon as you bring him into the the the, the starting goalkeeper fold, and you're putting him in high pressure situations, it's it's probably not the best uh, for your team. Uh, what I'll say about Argentina is just that. And it's mostly based around Sampaoli. I I think Sampaoli was the right choice at the time. If if you guys don't remember, he was hired a little over a year ago, I want to say, in the middle of qualifying. He's obviously a very successful club and uh, international manager, having coached that uh, Chile team from the last World Cup. He just didn't have enough time in my book to really instill his style of play and that's a style of play that you know we've made this excuse for like Pep Guardiola's Man City team last year it takes time and repetition and (laughs) to make this this kind of style work and it's especially not very conducive for a national team where you have far fewer opportunities to get a a team of players all from different clubs and uh, backgrounds playing in sync in a style that demands being in just that in sync so uh it's pretty obvious why lots of people were picking Argentina to be one of the favorites of top teams that could be disappointing at this World Cup. I think Germany, we mentioned, were another one in our in our previews. So uh, hats off to Javier and I for that. But, you know, they still have this last game against Nigeria. It just seems weird for them to mutiny when there's still very much a very meaningful game for them to play. They're on one point, not a great position. But if they win against Nigeria and win big, which is certainly possible after... Uh, how Jekyll and Hyde we've seen they can be, Nigeria that is, that it, it just seems it seems ill-advised for them to immediately jump to the conclusion of we need to get the manager out. He's the one that's ruining it. No, the players are the ones who are not showing up. So I, I, I wish the best for them, but it doesn't look great.
0: No, uh, this, and that, that game against Nigeria is going to be so great. And Nigeria looked really, really good against Iceland. They're creating chances. They're bombing
1: down the wings. Uh, for or, a half, for, the first yeah. half they were not great.
0: Uh, but Argentina is going to have their hands full. If I'm Nigeria, I'm going right at that that midfield and back line, and I think I think the Nigerian midfield can win the battle throughout the day. Mascherano's looked like the player who needed to leave Barcelona and go play in China. Like they just don't have the pieces, and it, it, it breaks my heart for Messi. But uh, let's jump over Serbia. Switzerland was a wild one. We saw Mitrovic open the scoring in the fifth minute, and Serbia was had chances. Xhaka with a nice goal in the fifty second and at the tail end, potentially soon to be Liverpool right winger, Jardin Shakiri uh, puts in a nice goal and the Swiss win the game. Just in my opinion, I saw I, I was pulling for Serbia for the sense that I have them going through and my own personal bracket. But I I, just, I have a strong recollection if Serbia Having good moments in this game, and not saying yeah. that it deserved to lose because they didn't capitalize on their chances, and, and Switzerland did, but like Serbia had a great game in this, and and to walk away with no points is absolutely devastating.
1: Yeah, I feel I feel bad for them, but to leave that that much space behind you in a one-one game when Serbia sort of saw themselves start to be the team in the ascendancy, looking to try and uh, go forward and win the game. Just the position they were in, having had the three points from the first game, uh Switzerland sitting on one point from the draw against Brazil, if they had played out for a 1-1 draw, that wouldn't have been the end of the world. They would they would have been in a very good place to try and get a draw with Brazil on the very last game and get out of the group with five points. And, and I mean, Switzerland could have won in, against Costa Rica and been tied with them in that scenario. But but you know, it's, it's, they, they, they've just put themselves, Serbia have put themselves in a, a pretty big hole and I don't see them getting out of it. And it was all from that one huge mistake against uh, Switzerland, a team that they were outplaying for much of the first half.
0: Yeah. Uh, just a, a wild, wild ending. Um, there's one quick thing I want to talk about. I don't know if you've seen it. I tweeted it out earlier or retweeted it earlier. Uh, there's a legitimate, uh, possibility that Mohamed Salah will not play for Egypt in the last game and could walk away from the Egyptian national team, period. Have you read this story?
1: Uh, about the picture of him with the Chechenian leader or something yeah. like that?
0: Yeah. So, uh, basically, like... The, it seems like the entire Egyptian team went to some Chechnyan leader's house. And, of course, a picture, the only picture that comes out of it is Mo Salah sitting next to, like, this Chechnyan leader. And it's there's, like, a whole bunch of political background behind this. But basically, it comes down to, like I said, you can find the full chain on my Twitter, um, at Andrew Pissarro. Uh The Egyptian FA is controlled by the government and with all the, like, political structures and, it, like... Political issues in in Egypt over the last couple years. Like, the FA is like kind of a. Like, they become puppets for the government and stuff. And so they've tried to get Salah to do stuff in the past because he's like one of the most just widely followed figures in Egypt. And it's just. It would be an absolute shame that. I, I support Salah in walking away from the national team if they're going to make a political statement about you playing soccer because that's not what he's there for. He's there to, like, represent his team and play against other teams. It's not supposed to be politics. And I think it would just be, like, bad for international football that Salah would walk away from Egypt. I would support him in doing it, but it's like I don't want to see that because Egypt some suddenly comes from, like, a team that's actually somewhat okay to a team that it's like, yeah, they're they're about average or they're below average. They're certainly below average now without him. I think that'd be just a loss for the international football world.
1: They're about average now with him. Yeah. So. Of,
0: yeah, yeah, that's fair. But yeah, that, taking him out of that team brings them from well below average. Like they're not a team that you're like, oh yeah, like let me go check the squad out or be really excited to go watch an Egypt game if Mohamed Salah's there. You're gonna get. Casual people be like, oh, I know that there's a good player on this team. And I just think it would be bad. I I don't want to see that happen. So um, we've got some big questions that we're going to talk about here uh, that I brought up with Alex that I want to sit here and get his thoughts on. One of the three will win the Golden Boot. Oh, you can uh, interact with all these. We're putting all these up on a poll on the uh, Ghost Gold Pod Twitter later tonight. They'll be active for the next couple days. So give your thoughts. On Twitter, uh, one of the three will win the Golden Boot: Cristiano Ronaldo, Harry Kane, Romelu Lukaku.
1: Oh, I'm gonna say Romelu Lukaku. I think Belgium have the chance to make the longest run, and I think that's what this question comes down to. Obviously, the Ronaldo uh, pick is staring you right in the face there, but I, I think this Portugal team's gonna. Similar to England, they're going to they're going to drop off pretty significantly as soon as they come up against a better opposition. Lukaku, it it seems like this Belgium team, even when they're maybe struggling for spells during these past two games, which have not been very frequent, but they have struggled at times. It, it, it seems like they start to realize, oh, okay, it's because we're not feeding the ball to Romelu Lukaku in uh, situations where he can either build up or make runs in behind, and you know as soon as uh, the likes of Eden Hazard and Kevin De Bruyne, two much more creative players, than they are concerned about scoring goals themselves. As soon as players like that start realizing, okay, let's let's feed the pony, feed the pony, that he just takes off from there. And his the touch he's shown on some of his goals, it's just been it's been a pleasure to watch. I've I've been a big fan of his performances so far in this tournament, and if he can continue to maybe not score at the rate he is right now but start to score, grab a goal here, goal there in these knockout games, he'll end up with something like six, I want to say. He's on four right now, six or seven. Yeah, that, that, that's very that's very durable for me.
0: I'm going to take Ronaldo. Not that I don't think Kane can do it because I, I, think, I think Kane is possible. I think the thing is, though, with Ronaldo, even though he's going to have a, a lackluster squad, he is a guarantee to score in a big game. Like – Portugal may lose the game, but Cristiano Ronaldo will implement his mark in it. I also think in their last game they do play against Iran. I think he knows he needs to step up. I think also he's not going to like the fact that Harry Kane has now joined him in the hat-trick club of this World Cup. We know he cares about those stats, so I think he's going to go out and play with a purpose against Iran and try to get grab at least a brace against a team like that. Uh, but I'm going to take Ronaldo. Next question on my list, Mexico will be in the semifinals of the World Cup.
1: My default is no. (laughs) Uh, Give me a minute. Give me your thoughts because I'm going to take a minute to take a look at the scenarios in the bracket, like what teams they're most likely to face.
0: I mean, I think no. I think quarterfinals is about as far as they'll get. The reason I would be compelled to say yes is because of the performance that they showed against Germany. They still have to wrap up this group against Sweden, and they're going to need a strong performance against this because Sweden themselves are not out. But I think the way that Mexico has played, they've showed that they can defend, they can hit you hard on the counter, and like I think that's a huge factor. I think that because there's a lot of teams that they're going to run into, they're going to dominate possession of the ball, but they've but their counterattack is probably outside of maybe them and Nigeria, I think have had the, the best counterattack so far that I've seen in this cup. Mexico is I they have a more clinical finisher at striker in Chicharito than the Nigeria has in in uh Inacho in my opinion at this point in their careers. I think Inacho will be a better player in the long run, but that's here, neither here nor there right now. Uh, and uh, obviously, I mean, I think the sex party worked. So, I mean, they beat Germany. Sex party. Yeah, sex party. Like, if if Mexico gets to the semifinals,
1: I think... Every team's going to be hosting sex, sex parties before, before major work. tournaments.
0: Exactly. Like... <laughs> Yeah, that you know, this is an important factor, an absolutely important. Factor. It's a,
1: it's a players' movement. Exactly. Are, the other players and other teams will start to you know let's, let's let Mexico win so they can win the World Cup and we can all have sex parties before tournaments.
0: I I think It'll be great. I think we have the same. If we get a Brazil and Mexico final, then like it's a confirmed that like everybody like sex sex parties need to be a thing because like we know that like <laughs> we know that the Brazilians pretty much did the same thing. It just didn't leak because it's like Brazil. So. uh
1: what I'll say about this semifinal, this side of the bracket, they're likely to end up on. That. And let's assume that they're they're getting first in that group, because um, I think that's 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 what they'd need to really uh, get a favorable draw to get to the semifinals. Outside of Brazil somehow finishing in second in their group, uh, which would cause them to face the winner of Mexico's group, and you know that would just be Mexico's luck to win their group that had Germany in it, and then have to face Brazil in the in the round of sixteen. That would just be terrible luck. But if they face someone like Switzerland or Serbia in that uh, in that first knockout game, you'd probably favor Mexico. Uh, going from there in the quarterfinals, they probably have to face. Uh, the winner of Group H so probably Colombia uh, it would be between Colombia and either England or Belgium whichever team is this the, is, plays Colombia in that knockout game which you know th- those are those are good teams but it's it's more of a realistic path than in uh, years past I'll say that much so it's it's not a completely out out of the question uh, kind of question to pose uh, but you know it's it's another two games that against better opposition than they've played uh, so far. That you, you wouldn't exactly be super confident of them putting it together for for two more games in knockout in knockout situations.
0: All right, next one on my list: Germany will not make the semifinals, which they've made in almost like every tournament that they've played in since like two thousand and two.
1: I'm trying to think: where did they finish in ninety eight? Because 2002, they got to the final. 2006, they got to the semifinals. 2010, they lost in the semifinals. Uh, 2014, they obviously won it. I can't remember 98, but whatever. They, yeah, they, I mean, after that loss to Mexico, people were saying, "Is this the first time in the modern uh, format of this World Cup that Germany don't get out of their group?" They're obviously in a way better position now with their last game coming up against uh, South Korea, probably like the whipping boys of that group. They'll probably finish with six points, get out of the group. It's up to Mexico, whether Mexico finish with uh, seven themselves. So uh, I'm going to say no to the semifinal question. I'm going to say no to that too. uh, We've seen teams grow into tournaments in the past. Good teams grow into tournaments and eventually end up winning them despite early bad results. But I don't see like a... I don't see a style of play consistently in this German German team that makes me excited for them going forward. The the defensive issues, I think we can chalk up completely to the fact that they are the team that is by far the the, the greater aggressor in these games. They're going to be the one on the ball, and they're more susceptible to the counterattack. That just comes with the territory. We need to start to see them clicking a little bit more offensively, and whether that means Putting in Mario Gomez full time as uh, the center forward, with that and uh, having uh, Marco Reus full time out on the wings, like he uh, like he was for that second game, then then do it. Get rid of Timo Werner at center forward because he hasn't really posed too much of a threat. But it's until they're willing to make some kind of adjustments like that, and that, that end up with them finding a more solid style of uh, style of play or consistent style of play. I'm not going to get behind any part of them.
0: I am. I'm not going to say I'm I have Germany in the final. So I'm going to say the yes, they will make the semifinals. But uh, Germany, in the
1: final. That's shocker.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think they're making it out of the group. And I think I think they're going to do OK in the in the next rounds. Just. They have that experience, and I think that'll kick in. I think they're I think they're going to win soundly in their last game, and and kind of make us all like forget about that Mexico performance. Argentina, you know,
1: it's it's ter- it's very well poised right now for Brazil to win their group and play Germany in the round of sixteen.
0: I know that was my final.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I th- I, let me just put that as reason number one why I don't see Germany making it to the semifinals. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Argentina will not make it to the round of 16. Yes. Yeah, I'm right there. I, I I'm so out on Argentina right now. Uh, which is which is the dumbest thing ever because it sets us up for for Messi making a miraculous moment. They get the the right thing that they need in the other match and they move on. But uh, if they make it to the round of 16, I think that's as far as they go. I don't know. I don't care who they play. They are losing that game. Uh they're not making it past the round of 16. definitively, but well, I don't have them getting to there. Your
1: your answer is they would play one of France or Denmark if they got to the round of 16. Christian and...
0: Eriksen sticking sticking the 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 dagger in the heart of Lionel Messi.
1: Give it to me. Yeah, that, and you know they probably wouldn't even be out outplayed by Denmark if they happened to play them in a knockout game, they probably would just look pitiful on the ball and Denmark would hit them on the counterattack and win like 2-1 or something. Yeah. So yeah, and I'm probably going to be outside of that Nigeria game. If they get out of the group, I probably won't be too excited to see them outside of the group. Obviously, we can come back to Lionel Messi and talk about how he has the potential to draw you to any game. But as a team, it's just it, – it, it's it's not clicking for them. It's nowhere near to clicking.
0: <laughs> Pretty pitiful. Uh, last one. Croatia, surprise semifinal run. In or out on this? I'm going to say In. Yeah, me too. I really like the I, way the midfield's playing.
1: Talked about the balance. Uh it's and it's not just how the midfield's playing. That was kind of to be expected. Uh I talked about the the defensive improvement uh being a kind of a surprise. But then that forward line, I think it's mostly made up of Menzukic, Rebic, and Perisic. They've been surprising. I know Rebic had the uh the goal, the first goal that to take advantage of the Willy Caballero mistake in that game, but He's been one of the players that I've always thought for Croatia is like kind of a weak link. Like I would rather see someone like Kramaric out on their right wing for them, like someone a bit more direct. But you know they they, they have a few options now, I guess. So if they can keep this up, I, I I fancy them definitely to make it to the semifinals.
0: He had a good end of the season for Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, I believe he scored in the uh, yeah he scored in the DFB the Cup final. Yeah, he yeah, scored two goals against Bayern. Uh, so that was like that he came in on good form. I, I would agree with you. I was surprised by him because I mean, I wouldn't have picked out a player from Eintracht Frankfurt as a player, especially when, you know, cause I'm big on his, uh, Piaka, the, uh, yeah the kid who's over at Juventus. He used to be at Fiorentina. I'm really big on him. Like, I think he's going to be a really special player, but, uh,
1: Waiting to see if he got gets through that that ACL Terry had last year. Yeah, he's back. He's back playing, obviously, but yeah. he hasn't really been able to work his way. Like he was playing pretty cons- like significant minutes for Juve uh, before that injury.
2: Yeah,
0: and he's one who's got like a very bright future. He's only twenty three. I mean, Rabic's only twenty four. So there's multiple options out there for them on the wings that are young and and solid players that you need to keep a look at, but one in Serie a and one in uh, Germany, obviously. But I-, I think they could do it. Um, so, yeah, like I said earlier in the pod, six teams have advanced already. Russia, Uruguay, France, Croatia, England. And the teams that are out, Egypt, plays Saudi Arabia this week. Uh, that's a game that neither team is moving on. Morocco, Peru, Costa Rica, Panama, Tunisia, and Poland. Uh, that Tunisia-Panama game, <laughs> that's... Uh, it's going to be a wild one. Uh for sure. Uh the Panamanian fans actually Is it? Yeah. It, <laughs> Panamanian fans went wild just because they scored Is... their first goal in the World Cup ever.
1: So, uh, kudos for them. That's a cool moment, I guess. Um Pick your pick your finalists. Re- if you got to repick your finalists without any sort of pressure from uh before your like previous picks, oof. who would you pick to be your two finalists?
0: That's tough cuz like I don't know how to pick a bracket out of like this board of a mistake. um I'd probably maybe switch it up and go Spain Brazil.
1: I think it's Spain France at yeah, this point. We didn't Spain talk and about, France. Yeah, we
0: didn't talk about either Spain or France because they they kind of put their heads down and got the victory that they needed, and it wasn't necessarily the most impressive of
1: performances but but that in and of itself is perf- it was is exactly. impressive. yeah you know yeah. you don't you don't need to look good right now no, you, you just don't. need to get results and that applies to later in the tournament obviously too but we're i've seen a lot on social media recently uh, in relation to france the french fans kind of joking around and saying oh yeah we really learned from uh, what portugal did to us in that that uh, euro final two years ago in terms of just playing defensively keep your 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 shape and then let your talent in the forward areas just win you the game with one or two moments. And if that's true and France continue to sort of abide by that uh, modus operandi, then it's tough to see them really losing, too, especially with all the other top, top teams that have kind of underperformed so far. To, to not look terrible in and of itself is an impressive thing in this tournament.
0: All right. Before we go, there's a couple games. Let's just do quick picks. Denmark, France.
1: um, I'm tempted by draws in all of these. Uh, I'll I'll go France, though.
0: All right. Um, I'm also going to go with France in that one. Uh, Argentina, Nigeria.
1: I'm going to say draw. High-scoring draw, 2-2.
0: I'm gonna say Nigeria three one.
1: That's that's a that's a lot of uh, faith in Nigeria.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm going so, for that's it.
1: Something we do not we do not share.
0: I, I'm going for it. Uh, let's see, Serbia Brazil.
1: Brazil. Yeah,
0: I'm also gonna take Brazil. I think it's gonna be close, but it, uh, it not it knocks Serbia out, which. I, I'm me. so hard. I'll be so Kills heartbroken.
1: Me. I just got on right, like there's... the the damn bandwagon last week, and yeah. Serbia just flung me off it themselves. You know...
0: there's two more big ones that we got to do. Uh, I'm in love with this group, um, but Senegal, Colombia, Alex, who you got
1: Colombia? I, I think Senegal will be the ones that are the odd men out in that group. I I'm think we got, with my, I think we get Colombia, throw... Japan.
0: I think we get a draw, and I just need I need Pol- Poland to like finally actually play football. I can beat Japan, and if we get a draw um, because of goal differential, Colombia could still move on, and we could still get Senegal, which would be ideal. Uh, it's not going to happen. Uh, England, Belgium.
1: Belgium. Uh, the, the, the midfield control they're going to have in that game, it's going to be the first time that England find themselves really on the back foot. And the, the what's one thing we can say that uh, Harry Kane has had during the first two games of this World Cup? And it's service. Uh, so he, He's not going to have that great of service in this game. And maybe England will grab like a goal, maybe two. But I, I can see Belgium winning something like 3-1 or
0: 4-2. I fancy a Romelu Lukaku brace. I think this is going to be one of those games where he just balls out because he wants to stick to the English media.
1: If he has a brace in the first three games of the World Cup, that would be obscene, I know. and it would really lend itself to my Lukaku Golden Boot pick. I know, <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm in favor of that pick.
0: All right, um, so that wraps it up for us. Uh, thanks again to everybody who's listening. Thanks to everyone who's subscribed, uh, review, like on iTunes, uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram at Andrew Passaro at asmos 92 at Ghost Gold Pod. And, this uh, podcast
1: is brought to you by the uh, NYPD. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Keeping Andrew's life alive. <laughs> Until next time.
1: See you.